and I'm live again. Welcome to Half Blind Hecklers for Heckler, episode 11. Uh, today's episode is called Trump or Trudeau? That's the question, isn't it? Because both are major world leaders, both are the two main influential leaders in North America, one of course being Justin Trudeau, the Prime Minister of Canada, and the other being Donald Trump, the President of the United States. Now, we're going to go over a few things in our show. We're going to talk about how they've impacted the countries that they lead, uh, the impact that they've had on unemployment, debt, policies that they've made, and then we're going to go into how they've affected the economy and their various decisions related to coronavirus. And then we're going to talk about the media's portrayal of these two very different men and how the media treats one like a darling and treats the other like the enemy. And then finally, we're going to go over re-election chances for both leaders because even though Canadians might not admit it, there is a chance of Canada facing a re-election. Or, not a re-election, but an election, a snap election. But we'll go into that in a little bit. So, first off, we're going to start by comparing numbers, especially for the economy, for Trump compared to Trudeau. So we're going to start off with Trump. So I'll activate my good old trusty display capture up here. And we're going to talk about Trump's numbers. So, of course, these numbers are from January 2020. And any numbers from January 2020, of course, do not contain any mention or relevance towards the coronavirus. But the coronavirus is a bit of a emergency slash special occurrence. And I'm going to include the numbers prior to coronavirus and then the numbers after coronavirus. So Trump's numbers, as far as the economy, were quite, quite good. Uh, unemployment rate was down, jobs were up, earnings was up, median household income was up, poverty rate was down, murder was down, home prices were up, all these things looking really good. Food stamp recipients down, everything looking very, very good as far as the Trump economy. And when coronavirus hit the United States, as you can tell, the unemployment rate continues to fall, continues to fall, and then you see a spike in March and April of 2020, and then you start to see a decline. And I could see that decline continuing to going down as the economy continues to bounce up. It probably won't be close to where it was before. Before, of course, it was at the 3% range, I believe. Yeah, it was at the 3% range. I could see it going down to about the 7% range and then if he's re-elected, I could see it going down to probably about a five by the start of next year. Um, as far as Canada, now Canada's figure, so this is the same graph, but for Canada. So for Canada's unemployment rate, uh, Canada's unemployment rate also continued to decline, not quite at the level of Trump's, uh, I think prior to our, prior to the recession, our unemployment rate was about 5%. And as you can see, due to coronavirus, it skyrocketed upwards. The only difference is that, of course, 
between the states and Canada is that that unemployment rate continues to be around the 13.8% to 14%. And consensus is that for June, the unemployment rate was about 12%. Now, of course, those are radically different numbers in the United States. And of course, there's a reason for that. And that is because Canada has, of course, used different strategies to combat the coronavirus and then, of course, the United States. And as far as Canada's national debt, now this, of course, does not include any of the recent figures, but this is Canada's government debt as a factor of the last 10 years. In the last 10 years, it's continued to rise. Uh, this rise was during the Harper government, during the economic recession. Uh, it's not great looking that it went up by 100 billion, but of course you do have to keep in mind that most other countries during the time of the economic recession doubled their national debt in that time, and Canada did not. And of course, even though right now, even though we were lowering unemployment, our debt continued to rise at pretty high levels. And then, of course, the most recent figures is, I think, in the 900 range. So it skyrockets. And I don't think that was completely necessary. I think that was the coronavirus has, of course, overblown things quite a bit. And Canada's spending has been egregious. Now, Canada's plans to go over the coronavirus and to impact those affected by it, Canada's main thing for individuals was CURB, Canada Emergency Response Benefit, was CRA. Now, the Canada Emergency Response Benefit gets financial support to employed and self-employed Canadians who are directly affected by the coronavirus. If eligible, you can receive $2,000 for a four-week period or about a month. Um, the same as about $500 a week. And if the situation continues, then you need to reapply. And while <clears throat> it is, of course, because this is a government-instituted quarantine, a government-instituted lockdown, and these people have lost their jobs or are in the process of losing their jobs because of the government's decisions and the government's decisions to quarantine, it's only fair that they compensate people for essentially laying them off for furloughing them. But in reality, I just think it's far too much. And the amount of spending that Canada has done as compared to our GDP has been obscene. And Canada is not going to come out of this easily. Because some people, of course, are making more on curb than they were before. That's not okay. Of course, in the States, in the States, they handed out the one-time $1,200 payment to eligible individuals, which, of course, did help. And then they employed a, pro a program called the Paycheck Protection Program, which is supposed to be a small business association loan that helps businesses keep their workforce employed during the coronavirus crisis. Now, during this crisis, Canada has focused more on individuals. The United States has focused more on businesses. Because the United States, or at least Trump, understands that if businesses are kept afloat, especially small ones, 
then businesses can continue to keep people employed. And if people are kept employed, then you don't have to go through the process of rehiring, you don't have to go through the process of layoffs. And keeping people employed helps with job security, it helps with, um, helps with stress levels, anxiety, all that sort of things. Now in Canada, of course, there were a lot of companies that laid people off and said, mm, you might not be coming back. That hurts a lot. That impacts stress levels. And a lot of people have stress and anxiety about their hours being cut, potentially being cut forever, about their job not coming back at all, and about other various issues relating to anxiety, mental health, depression, which of course is relatable because we're still in sort of a state of quarantine and lockdown, and many cities around Canada are trying to say that we should mandate, mandate mask usage. And we're going to kill them. Not really. That's not a threat. That is a hypothetical. I'm not actually wanting to kill them. Just keep their patient. Anyways, yay, happy faces. <sighs> Anyways, so uh, furthermore, as far as the stuff between the countries, uh, these, of course, are a comparison between the programs the United States use for coronavirus relief and then the programs that other countries, uh, the six that it lists are UK, Denmark, South Korea, Netherlands, Canada, Australia. Now, of course, all of these have, that's a lot of money. To hand out. And even though the United States, $1,200 to everybody who's eligible is also a lot of money, comparing $1,200 check for one time payment to two grand per month, 90% of workers' salaries, that is way more, tenfold, a hundredfold more per capita. And I think that Canada is going to really, really struggle because of all of this. Now, <clears throat> in terms of style of the lockdown, so Trudeau and Canada as a whole decided that the best route was to try and lock down pretty much everything right away, like all, a lot of the other countries did, and then to have a staged reopening and We've already gone over a lot of that. <clears throat> but Trudeau tries to continue to push the idea that things will not return to normal until there's a vaccine. We've said this on the program a few months ago. Whereas Trump does not want there to be a new normal. He wants things to return to the normal that they had before, or at least close as they can get. And a vaccine is somewhat irrelevant, considering that the fatality rate is low, and that treatments and other forms of healthcare interactions or interventions are showing improved recoveries and improved efficacies, which is, of course, all very, very good. <coughs> I want to encourage that. So, 
Now we're going to shift. We're kind of going to focus on the leader's gaffes. Yeah. Because, <laughs> uh, of course, both leaders and every public leader, every public official, has gaffes. Some are more significant than others. Now, of course, when you look up and try and say, oh, I want to see like where like the most significant things that Trump has done wrong. What happens when you search that up? You want to know what happens when you search that up? You get a list of left-wing sources. You do. You get a lot of them. You basically get no right-wing sources. And it's all, well, Trump is corrupt because his measures against the coronavirus weren't significant enough. Trump is evil because he's making seniors die. Trump is racist because of this and this and this. It's like, is he though? Really? Whereas Trudeau, even though, in my opinion, he makes a ton more gaffes and a ton more questionable decisions in leadership, he doesn't face almost any of the scrutiny. And when it comes to his press briefings, they really only let in news media that he wants. There was a video, which I can link in the description, that a rebel news reporter tried to enter into one of his media scripts. And they were struck by RCMP. They were not allowed in to ask Trudeau questions. Because our Prime Minister only wants to have media organizations, which he approves of, which will give him softballs, easy questions. He's kind of like Obama. Obama did the same thing. Obama restricted the rights of the press when it came to news organizations that he disagreed with. That's shameful. Now, of course, there are things that Trump has done wrong. As I said last week, his call with Ukraine was not great. It wasn't fantastic. He's made some decisions in office which were questionable. I think his Supreme Court pick should have been more staunch conservatives. I do. But the majority of decisions that he's made in office, I've agreed with. I thought that they have encouraged growth in the country and that they have helped this country the United States, not this country, but they have helped the United States become more fiscally relevant and more appealing for newcomers <clears throat> and for business. Canada has become less appealing for business uh, due to policies like carbon tax and due to policies where they mandate speech like Bill C-16 and hate speech laws, businesses and individuals more tentative to come to Canada. Now I have an article of course saying the small chunk of Trudeau's gaffes and scandals that he's been involved in. Um, first one of course was uh, in his first Christmas in office he took a holiday and a helicopter ride to Aga Khan's private island. And 
he was involved in a measure of corruption because it was a lobbyist. Um, yes, his costume trip to India. That was not so much a gaffe, or it was a gaffe, it wasn't corruption, but he just looked like an idiot. Uh, another gaffe, um, he, of course, elbowed a female legislator in Parliament and swore at her, and that was, it was not accidentally. Uh, he, he, he did it. <laughs> He's, anyways, where are the other ones? Oh, this old. No, it's something from the 90s. I'm surprised they're not listening. listing the SNC Lavalin scandal, which was probably the biggest scandal of Trudeau's career. The SNC Lavalin scandal was, of course, a company that was trying to lobby a foreign government to use their construction firm. And they hired prostitutes. They did a lot of really sketchy things. And then when the Attorney General of Canada tried to investigate, Trudeau blocked them. He blocked the investigation. And then when the Attorney General would not back down, he fired her. He did. So while everybody in the United States was like, oh my gosh, Trump did all these horrible things, doesn't even come close. Trump allowed the Mueller investigation. Trump allowed the investigation into Russia collusion. He allowed the impeachment, even though it was a sham, to go on. Trudeau would never allow that. Trudeau has stated several times his love of dictators. He stated before he became prime minister that he idolizes China's basic dictatorship. What kind of a nut job do we have as a prime minister? But I digress. We'll continue. So, um, next thing we're going to show you, uh, this is a video that a lot of people laugh at, and it's just an example of Trudeau focusing more on social justice and how he appears and wanting to appear like this socially conscious moron than actually serving his people. Maternal love is the love that's going to change the future of mankind. So we'd like you to... Uh, we, we would like to say people kind, not necessarily mankind, because oh, yeah. it's more inclusive. There we go, exactly. <laughs> yes, thank you. I don't know why people are cheering, because that's just stupid. What kind of idiot says people kind? Thankfully, one thing I really do like about Trump is that he doesn't care about social justice <laughs> and making all these virtual signaling crap. Trump typically tells it like it is, or at least how he thinks it is. Sometimes it's a little nutty, but usually it's on the ball. As I've said before, I think that I think there's somebody who should be regulating his Twitter because I think it's a little crazy sometimes. But sometimes it is exactly what needs to be said. So Trudeau's Twitter is nothing ever really super crazy aside from the time that he decided to retweet a fake hate crime hoax before checking if it was actually real turns out it was fake a girl was told probably by the prompting of her parents that she should lie about somebody using a pair of scissors on her jab 
I think this was in Toronto. And so she whined and complained, and everybody was like, oh my gosh, how does this happen in Canada? How can we handle hate crime? And I was like, no, it's never happened. Because you can kind of see that the left just makes a lot of stuff up. Hate crimes are not on the rise. You know what is on the rise? Hate crime hoaxes. That's dumb. And people who are try have been caught with a hate crime hoax, they should go to jail because they tried to ruin someone's life. And if you try and ruin someone's life and do so deliberately, you should be going to jail. At the very least, you should be fined and charged for, fi for filing a false police report. I digress, though. Anyways. So, uh, next thing we're going to talk about, if I can control my mouse on this table, which I'm not, why can I not do that? Piece of crap. Anyways, so, now we're going to talk about the media and how the media has reacted to both Trump and Trudeau. Now, of course, this is an article from Time. This is an article saying the best global responses to the COVID-19 pandemic. And goes over and it lists all these countries, South Korea, New Zealand. These countries actually did fairly well. Australia, I think, is the last one that it lists. And then it lists Canada. Are you a moron? Look at that. 98,645 cases, 8,035 deaths. That's like an 8% death rate. And that's one of the best in the world? Are you kidding? This is the only entry from North America you'll find on this list, and the responses from the Canadian and American federal governments to coronavirus do not diverge more. And it says about how socialized medicine is amazing. If socialized medicine was amazing, how come their death percentage, as far as cases to fatality rate, is lower? Even though we know we know that they exaggerated numbers as far as deaths. Did Canada? Maybe. We're not sure. But in the United States, we know they did. What does that tell you? That socialized medicine, as a comparison between the United States and Canada, socialized medicine failed miserably. Miserably. And that Canadian nursing homes, as discovered by the Canadian military, when they were sent in to provide emergency relief, Canadian nursing homes collapsed during this crisis. There were some states, of course, that had nursing homes collapsed. Most notably, in a couple Democrat-run states, like New York, Pennsylvania. Yeah, those ones collapsed. You know why? Because Democratic government governors, Governments, Democrat governors sent seniors to nursing homes who didn't have symptoms because they didn't want to overwhelm the hospitals, but they sent them to nursing homes. And that, of course, infected everybody else in the nursing homes. And their death rate exponentially increased. At one point, there was more deaths in the entire of the United States. I mean, no, no, there was more deaths in New York State 
than in all of Canada. That can be pinned almost entirely on Andrew Cuomo and Bill de Blasio and Democratic governors. They failed the American people. They failed the people of New York. They should be put on trial and sent to jail. Piss off fly. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. We all know how the media treats Trump. Trump, of course, he's a pretty good president. I like to use the Flecka's Talks example of Trump's not that bad. Because he's not. He's done some really good things in office. Especially when you compare him to other compare him to other world leaders. Trudeau, Merkel, any of those people. They haven't done great jobs. They've done pretty terrible. For their people, for their economies, hasn't been great. But the media's portrayal of Donald Trump is Trump's a racist. Trump's a bigot. Trump's a homophobe. Trump's X, Y, and Z. Goes on and on and on. It's, it's utterly stupid. I don't need to show you the amount of examples of the media just going all out against Trump. Because it would take forever. It would take all day. Who's, the, who's got the time? <laughs> I certainly don't. I would, if, honestly, if I went through that amount of data about how the media treats Trump, it would, I'd kind of want to bore a hole in my skull. Because it would just be stupid. And of course, if you compare how the media treats Trudeau in Canada, Trudeau is their darling. Nobody can ever really criticize Trudeau. Most you can ever do is, oh, like, we'll have a, a neutral piece about Trudeau. Never anything exceptionally critical. Never say, yeah, Trudeau is dumb. Trudeau is on the process of ruining this country, which he is. But they'll never say that. Because so much of Canadian media, especially the CBC, the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, is federally funded. And why would an organization go against their main funding? If you wonder and question yourself, why does Canada have a federal broadcaster that's funded by the federal government? You should be questioning yourself, because that's ridiculous. We should be defunding the CBC. We shouldn't have a state propagandist working for the federal government. That's just like a notch below China. In China, it's, it's illegal to say, oh, I want freedom. You'll be locked up. You try and sing the American National Anthem in China? Yeah, they'll send you right to jail. Shamefully, I don't think Canada's that far behind. Canada is becoming a hellscape. And I am ashamed to call myself Canadian sometimes. I want things to get better. I do. I would love it if the United States came and annexed us. If Trump ever saw this, please annex us. Please annex Alberta. 
We're in nice days, lots of mountains, lots of oil. We can do good things. Yay! Annex us. Do so now. <laughs> but the treatment of the liberal prime minister in Canada and Donald Trump is complete opposites. And while Trump, of course, is not invested on the daily of the media in by media in person, Trudeau won't even let the oppositional media come and see him. He doesn't even answer any questions. Do you ever see anything that Trudeau does in regards to treatment by media? Trudeau avoids questions like the plague. Imagine if Trump did that. He'd be eaten alive. You ask Trudeau, oh, like, why, why is this policy this way? Doesn't this hurt the middle class? Why would you do that? Trudeau's initial response is always, well, we're just trying to fix Stephen Harper's mistakes. Stephen Harper left office five years ago. Almost five. Stop blaming him. Fess up for your own mistakes, because you make a ton of them. Anyways, last thing I kind of wanted to talk about. Last thing I want to talk about is, despite all of that, despite everything that I've mentioned, despite the differences, and how Trudeau has really done a pretty poor job during this crisis, he's been a poor PM. He's valued virtue signaling over actually helping the people. Right now, Trudeau's popularity. Trudeau's popularity is very, very high. Strong polling numbers in any crisis. Trudeau could call a snap election. He's leading Canada in a record-shattering deficit, a decimated jobs landscape, a health crisis that's killed more than seven thousand Canadians. Yet strong polling for the prime minister and the liberal government since the start of COVID nineteen are fueling the speculation in the Canadian capital about whether the Liberals are considering a quick return to the polls. What kind of a moron do you have to be to think that Trudeau did a good job doing this? I think it was probably fueled by the media feeding you a bunch of lies. Trudeau has done a terrible job. When this virus started coming, when it started to spread around the world, became a pandemic. One of the first things Trump did was he closed the border to China and to virus hotspots in Europe. Trudeau didn't do that. He actually called it racist to do so. And because we did not ban travel from China and European hotspots, Canada became an easier entry point to the United States. Canada is responsible. Trudeau is responsible because people could go into Toronto. They could go into Vancouver, and then when they came across the United States border, all they'd have to do is lie. 
because it was easier to go back through Vancouver because they could not go back through the United States. Or at least not directly. That's why a lot of the hotbeds in the United States were in the northern states, Seattle, New York. Because people came to Canada and then went into the United States. If you wonder why the infection rates are so high off the bat, it's because of Canada. The United States government should be pursuing Canada. Should be saying, you caused this. You made our numbers far, far worse than they had to be. And you were responsible. But, anyways, so Canada, of course, the fixed election of the next one will be, or should be, in 2023. Uh, of course, the minority government could fall at any time, but that's speculative because Canada has many parties, and the only real one that opposes Trudeau is the CPC, or the Canadian Conservative Party, or the Conservative Party of Canada. And the other parties are kind of either further to the left than the Liberals, or in between, but they align more with the Liberals than the Conservatives. So, I don't know what's going to happen. It could happen. But anybody in Canada that votes for Justin Trudeau needs to give their head a shake. They're just not that bright. Trudeau has been a terrible prime minister. Probably not as bad as his father, because his father was, to be frank, an arrogant jackass. But he's been a terrible prime minister. Last thing we're gonna, last source we're gonna use. I know we use a lot of sources today, which is of course a good thing, because we want to have facts. Now, of course, some of these sources are either centrist or maybe a little bit to the left. Um, it's hard to find a lot of really neutral stances. Uh, I did my best, so please forgive me. Of course, this is a real clear politics polls. Um, they do them about once a week, or well, a few times a week. Um, unfortunately, in the United States, Biden is ahead in pretty much every poll. That being said, Hillary was ahead in every single poll. What did they give? Trump a 2% chance of winning? So of course, polls are one thing, actual data is another. Actual numbers of the United States voting averages are another. But that does say something, that mail-in ballots, ballots should be outright rejected, because of course, mail-in ballots can be forged. In California, you actually have to write your political party on the outside of your mail-in ballot, which raises questions about whether Republican ballots will be submitted. Not that Republicans would win in California, but the question of fraud and corruption should be raised. You can't just ignore this. So, Trump's re-election chances compared to Biden right now not looking amazing, which is unfortunate, but kind of the way it is. So, I'm hoping he gets reelected. If I was an American, I'd vote for him. My grandfather voted for him. 
even though he's been living in Canada for like 10 years and still pays taxes to the United States. Which is, to me, a little silly. But if he, want, if he wants to vote, that's up to him. And I'm, I'm glad that he voted for Trump. Not like Trump is going to lose in a good old redneck state of Idaho. <laughs> Although Idaho is a wonderful place, we used to vacation all the time, and the beaches are wonderful. I love going there. We go there for family vacations all the time. I love going to the States. I do. It's great. <laughs> and of course, I wish that Canada, or at least Alberta, would be annexed. Or that I could find a position down south. My wife and I are considering it once, once the kids are a little older and once she's finished her schooling. We'll probably look for a job down south. We don't really want to stay here. But. Yeah, that's not a whole lot extra to talk about. As I've said before, today, Tuesdays are more factual episodes, and Thursdays, are more put them up randy episodes so thursday will be a barn burner we're gonna go after some people talk about some serious things both in canada united states all over it's gonna get serious so don't miss that and as always don't forget to like, share, and subscribe on YouTube. Uh, I have been lax in updating Facebook, so I'll get around to that. Uh, hopefully I'll upload the rest of the videos this week. As far as Parlor, I've been updating quite regularly, and I know a lot of you follow on there, and I'm very glad for you all. So don't forget to like, echo, and follow on Parlor. And... Even though I'm still on Twitter, I somewhat don't want to be. Don't forget to retweet. Yay. <laughs> Anyways. I hope you all have a great night. This has been Half Blind Hecklers, episode 11. Have a great night. God bless.